All right, we are back. Tabby Hour. We've got uh, a repeat guest. We've got Chef Chris from Society and uh, Chef Mike Seibert from White and Wine. Am I saying that right? Yeah. Okay. White right. Wine and Butter. White Wine and Butter. So I'm um, excited to have both of you guys on. We, um, you know, I think we're figuring out our, our stride here at, at Tabby Hour Podcast. And, you know, I think one of the things we want to always showcase is what's happening in Greenville and, and um, around Greenville as well. So. You know, we'll get things get things kicked off, but Mike, excited to have you on. Um, tell us about tell us about what you're working on. Tell us about what uh, what you got going. All right, so um, white wine and butter with the butter brand. We are you know opening our first Cajun trattoria. It's going to be like a a little Cajun restaurant. Uh, we started off as a catering company. And um, that catering company grew into what we have now is this restaurant coming along. We've been working on this restaurant for like the last two years. Uh, So it's a little stressful on that end. But as of right now, we have big events coming up. Actually, tomorrow we have uh, Dine on Trade, um, which we made a pretty big name for ourselves on Dine on Trade and uh, Downtown Greer. And... um, just getting a lot of people, you know, really excited about us. Um, so we specialize in Cajun food. Uh, my wife is from New Orleans and uh, my brother does fresh pasta. So when we got the opportunity to put this um, restaurant together, we decided to do, you know, fresh pasta and uh, Cajun food. So it's like a perfect pairing and is very unique to our area. I had no idea the difference in fresh pasta Ooh. until my wife and I got one of the mm-hmm. pasta makers. Game changer. Game, Game changer. And I, I was a little annoyed by the process <laughs> because it is, I mean, at least when you're doing it at home, you don't have the setup and the equipment properly set up. I, I think it turned into like an 11 p.m. thing. I'm like, what are, <laughs> why are we still doing this? But it makes such a difference. It was worth it. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. So, so. Greenville needs Cajun food. There's mm-hmm. a couple spots. I don't, I don't think there's enough. So why Greenville? Why Greer? Why Why up here? Uh, actually, Greer chose us. Um, so I have a lot of loyalty to Greer. Um, we've been approached by lots of people in Greenville. Um, you know, just, just with this whole, you know, startup. We've been featured at Euphoria. Um, we're actually going to be at Euphoria again, back to back. So that was pretty cool for us to get to Euphoria, basically like our first year business. Like, that's pretty cool. Um, fun fact. I was at Euphoria about a couple years ago, not even as a guest, but like a guest of a guest. Um, our front end house manager at my previous job uh, brought me with him as a guest. And that was like really my first time experiencing a lot of food in Greenville. I've been I've lived here the past you know decade or more, but I haven't really explored and like had a lot of the good food out here. And uh, I thought that was pretty cool. You know, a couple years ago, like, I'm just walking around as a civilian with my, <laughs> you know, my little polo shirt on, drinking wine and eating good food. And I would have never thought that, you know, like a couple years later, I would be out there representing my own company uh, down in Euphoria. Where are you originally from? Uh, Greenwood, South Carolina. Okay. Yeah. So how did you end up? I mean, when did you discover that, you know, being a chef was your passion? And then how, what was that journey like as you, as you kind of navigated it? Uh, so I graduated in 2009. I don't know if you remember a lot was going on in 2009. Yeah. Uh, Oh yeah. Uh, so I literally had friends who didn't even go to college because they thought the world was ending. Hmm. Um, 
So it's I good want, way to avoid debt. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I basically was like, well, you know, people have to die and people have to eat. So I thought about being a mortician and then like I looked up the salary, like eh, I made pretty good money. But I'm also greedy. So I was like, well, I like to eat. So and like everybody in my family like can really cook. But I think I had a natural innate ability to cook. So I decided to take it to the next level and like try to become a professional with it. So, uh, like, right out of high school, I decided to, you know, go to culinary school. And uh, I got accepted here at Greenville Tech, the Culinary Institute of the Carolinas. Uh, so I'm alumni there. Um, it's like Le Cordon Bleu. Yeah, dude. We got the same accreditation. <laughs> I have I have my chef's phone number. I can hit them up anytime, talk to them. Like, I, I don't know too many graduates of Le Cordon Bleu who can text their chef. And, Is that you know, Chef Pat? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> So, Chris, you came in with the catering Mm -hmm. angle first, right? Last time you were on the show, you talked about how that was really how you got into what you're doing now. Absolutely. Kind of speak on that in terms of is that the route for any up and coming chef to come in and kind of create that, you know, buzz and kind of before you have a a storefront, you probably have to create some sort of, um, you know, following. Yeah, absolutely. It's not, I mean, it's not the way that most people come up in the business, especially if you're working in restaurants. It's definitely a, roundabout way but i know it's the same for mike when you own the company um you have to learn it from the ground up yeah and it's a good environment to learn from the ground up because you don't necessarily have the same everyday pressures that a restaurant you know puts in your path where you don't necessarily have the chance to learn because you're constantly putting out the fires you're constantly dealing with the everyday back-end business that makes a restaurant run when it comes to catering you have a chance to plan you have a chance to to work on your execution it's a good way and it's a good environment for you to build up your skills build up your game without the pressures of that every day in your face you know we're we're, i'm as a boss you're here to make sure that your employees get it done and get it out the window whereas being his own boss being my own boss in the catering company you have a chance to really explore what you're good at what you're able to do if you want to be better at something you have the time and the ability to do that plus you learn how to feed 500 people you learn yeah. how to feed i mean that if that is something that it, like in the restaurant world you don't unheard necessarily of. know how to do it's unheard of you know you don't know how to i mean think think about 500 people and getting that food out at the same time getting that food you forget, out you and getting it how to feed too. two people you, yeah, exactly yeah. Yeah. yeah you're not wrong no, so so you learn skills that a lot of people who grow up in the restaurant don't necessarily learn, and I think that it's a it is a roundabout way, but it is a very well rounded way to mm. to get to where you want to go in the restaurant industry. Planning, oh yeah, preparation, execution, hundred percent, having to like keep all of the food hot. Oh yeah, presenting it the right way. When you're in a restaurant, out, when you're in a like, restaurant, you are in your own kitchen, mm-hmm. and you're pushing food out through a window that's going from the window to a customer in 13 seconds. When you are a catering, you are cooking out of a kitchen that is offsite. Yeah. You are taking 300 people's food yep. offsite. All of that food has to stay within DHEC standards. And people don't understand how hard that is to do. And if you're good at what you do, then you can be really good and one of the best at what you do and people call you and and that's how you really build a build a name for yourself. And that's what I was able to do with Uptown. And I mean we won a couple of different iron caterer competitions and that was really that was really good for us. We're back in it this year. I think that my boy here, Mike, is uh gonna be in it this year, so we might be going head to head. Frenemies. So you're summoned. So your partnership with, you know, it's interesting because you're doing that mm-hmm. business and then you're also kind of building this menu out and this experience sure. is happening in society. Sure. Um, what's, how do you balance your time between those two? It's very hard. 
it's very hard. Fortunately, Uptown has been off the ground for 10 years now. So I I bought the business from my parents and we have a crew in place. So for the most, and the crew is a good crew. So for the most part, are you uh, still the, on for every event you you go personally or no, do you man i was about to say I, so do what do i do yeah. is i look at a lot of the menus yeah i do a lot of the menu planning and menu preparation i uh the big events of course i'll be there uh the events where if my name carries weight it carries weight at this event i'll be there for that yeah but right now my 95 percent of my focus is at society for i'm fortunate to have a good crew to where i don't have to put more than five to ten percent at Uptown right now, it runs itself for the most part. Well, and you're, I mean, I'm sure filling in shifts is as needed oh, yeah. in society, but also like managing the kitchen, mm-hmm. the team and for sure. there. So. Now I will say where that's <laughs> concerned, we have a great crew. Yeah. I could not be happier with the crew yeah. that we have at society. They all take initiative. They all treat the business as if it was their business. If your employees can buy in the way that you buy in. Yeah, you know, I was just about to say, you guys have set, ownership. Uh, yeah. Everybody that works at society is, I don't know, like, it's like they're all the owners. Well, man, they take a pride in the brand. They, Dude, you, you, put, had, you got society on your hat, and you don't want to give that hat up, bro. Y'all had a Tiki Tuesday night. You guys weren't even there for it, mm-hmm. right? You and Jeremy weren't there. You guys were out of town. It mm-hmm. ran flawless. And that was the first Love one that. I've been to. Love that. And I was going to tell you that the other day, but um, I just think that- We took a whole crew there. Yeah, we took some people after a pitch event. We went over there, and I was like, I was looking for you, and I forgot you guys were in Charleston. Yeah. And um, the crew was just on, I mean, they just did it. Well, man, you honestly, just like any sports team or whatever, you are only as good as the rest of your team is. I can put together, I can put together award-winning dishes all day long if I don't have a crew that can replicate that. Then I I don't have anything. You can't replicate it to scale without a team. Not at all. So white wine and butter. I love that name, and I've seen you guys. uh, We're going to make it out there very soon. When 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 did you open? Uh, so the the restaurant's not open yet. Okay. Yeah, Our, our restaurant's scheduled to open next month. Got it. Yes. Because I've seen the Instagram, you're kind of starting to build the the buzz around it. Yes. And there's a lot of pictures of delicious looking food. Mm-hmm. So I assumed you were open. In fact, uh, we need to go out there maybe for opening day. Uh, yeah. I think that's necessary. Oh, you're going to be packed on opening day, dog. Yeah. <laughs> can we get a table? I mean. Uh, I mean, so He's it's like, a, I'll see what I can do. I'll put you on the list. So it's a food hall. It's a food hall okay. concept. Um, so there'll be open seating. Uh, it's walk-up service. And we're basically like a, a chef-driven company. That was one of the main things I want to focus on uh, leaving my, previ- my my last job is, uh, you know, putting some respect back on the chef's name. And uh, no disrespect to the front of the house, but, like, I wanted to, you know, practice what I preach and, you know, basically cut the middleman out and focus on the food and not so much of the frou-frou and, like, all the other stuff that goes on in the front of the house. Um, with the times that we came out of with the whole 2020 stuff and all that or whatever, um, I think it was the best route that we could we could take. And that's what we really want to focus on. I never really want to have a restaurant. If I'm being honest, I never really want to have a restaurant because I know how much it takes to run a restaurant, work in a restaurant and things like that. But the opportunity we have with the uh, with the uh, Cajun Trattoria is that, man, it's walk-up service. You put your food order in, and we're going to try to pump it out as fast as we can, like like good quality food as fast as we can. We might have to come and do a live event up there. Yeah, be, be dope. Cool. Yeah, be dope. shoot it when they open. It's yeah. a very cool building. They have some yeah. very cool murals. They have some very cool like um, old Greer photographs on yeah. the walls that are blown up. It looks dope. I'm excited to see it. Mm-hmm. So what is Euphoria? I think for those who aren't familiar, like obviously that's a big, you know, big event for for any chef, mm-hmm. right? So for those who are unfamiliar with Euphoria, like speak on that. 
So Euphoria is a food-driven festival. So Greenville has really three big festivals. You have Fall for Greenville, you have Artisphere, mm -hmm. and you have Euphoria. Euphoria is Euphoria is really designed around the food and beverage industry. Greenville is a like it's a great. We have great manufacturing. We have big companies like Michelin. We have big companies like BMW. But Greenville is also becoming a tourist hub and it's becoming a food and bev yep. driven city especially if you look at the downtown sector it is restaurant 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 um and what euphoria does is it basically showcase we'll say 50 percent showcases the talent that is in greenville and it 50 percent showcases the talent that is outside of greenville that wants to come into greenville and show what they can do so that's what's really great is that not only are we able to show what we can do here it's it's a big enough of a festival that is drawing people from North Carolina, it's drawing people from Atlanta, it's drawing people from the surrounding states. It's a it's a big deal. It's interesting. All industry. I mean, we were at this pitch event, which is Flywheel here mm -hmm. in Greenville. They're based out of Winston. The amount of, I'm sure, restaurants and, and service industry as well as tech. Yeah. That's coming from Atlanta, from Charlotte, and they're they're trying to get away from the big cities, and they realize the opportunity Greenville has. I think Greenville is 10 years away from being the future of Nashville, the future of Atlanta, the future of in, in all industry. It's a it's 15 a, years, maybe it, it is a, it's prime. Yeah. Greenville is a prime city. Buy real estate. It's a prime city. <laughs> it's not going down no. at all. <laughs> no. And, uh, and the, the, it's not an old city, man. It's a young city. Yeah. We have so much youth sure. coming here, man. We have people coming here. I mean, you guys came here, you know, yeah. Yeah. um, to start what you're doing. I mean, that's, the, that's our clientele. That's the clientele we want. Um, like I said, we couldn't be happier with the direction that Greenville is going, uh, and what it could mean for our business, what it could mean for Mike's business. That's you need, like I said, you're only as good as your team, but you're also only good if you have customers coming in the door. So, yeah. So <clears throat> you guys are opening next month. Mm -hmm. What's next for you? man? I, 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 you have a ton on the plate, but I feel like you guys are always doing something, man. We got a couple things that we're, we're working on. We're not rushing anything. Um, of course, we have ideas. Of course, we have our Jeremy's own. tight lip. Nothing is getting out. <laughs> he said, "Shut up." All buddy. secrets. Shut up. He's giving him the look right now. <laughs> uh, we have we have nothing going on at all, at all. No, we have we have ideas. We have our own dreams. We have our yeah. own directions that we want to go into. Um, as long as the first one that we do is right and tight, yep. then we'll feel comfortable moving on to uh, either other concepts or moving into different locations for society. Um, like I said, we got, we got big dreams. Man. So that's key. I think what you just said right there, a lot of restaurants or brands start to, you know, they do one kind of good, right? Mm -hmm. They do an okay. And they said, let's go ahead and open up a second location. Yeah. And I think y'all are doing it the right way by waiting and kind of making sure everything is tight. Well, honestly, before the, you go, the first one, the society was not rushed. It yeah. was, it was right. And when the building came along and the opportunity came along, we knew we were ready and we jumped really quickly. And we're not going to jump until we know we're ready. When's the one year? One year is coming up, right? May 4th. <sighs> May 4th. Cinco de Mayo weekend. It's gonna it be is going to be a wild, wild week. So I, we need to start working on that now because I think we could coordinate a block party. Yeah. You, yeah, we, yeah. For society, because that is when literally Tabby will be like Love it. full scale in the marketplace. Powers you Ready for download. Love it. App Store. We've had, some, uh, we've had some roadblocks, but we're working we through We won't them. talk about those right now. But <laughs> we've had everybody does, man. Uh, so, Chris, man, you, you and I had a conversation um, at Society, and Jeremy has talked about it too, about Greenville getting um, a lot of Charleston and all these other cities exporting their product to Greenville. Mm -hmm. But it's about time Greenville gets 
products exported out. Like mm-hmm. so, really, you know, society being part of the fabric now of Greenville, and there's a lot of great Greenville brands that started here that are looking at second locations, looking at maybe branching out outside of Greenville. So, you know, as you guys are working through society and building up your, you know, kind of your base, like how much of that is, I mean, you got to be thinking expansion, like you just said at some point, but like, what is it that you're going to be, what is it that you guys are looking for before you feel comfortable moving forward? Like, what is it that you're going to say, okay, now we're ready to export what we have? Either to a second location here or sure. somewhere well, somewhere else. Well, we know what makes us good in Greenville. Yeah. We know why we're successful in Greenville. And Greenville itself is a huge part of that. Now, we think we have an excellent product. We know we have a really, really good and well-branded company. When I did mean, you know? When did you know? Man, it had to be like a night, right? We knew pretty, pretty <laughs> early on. We knew, we knew pretty early on. I mean, when you, I mean, you guys look at the brand. You look at the the logos that we put out, the T-shirts, the merchandise. We're branding ahead of what we're doing with food and what we're doing. We, the brand itself is just growing very quickly. You're you're almost starting a clothing company. It's <laughs> it's a it, we have a cult following for sure. Yeah, and Greenville's a huge part of that. So yeah. when we're looking outside of you know the building the immediate building that we're in we're looking to find a replication of what we have in greenville there's certain yeah. things that we know we have to hit well and if the city that we're looking at allows us to hit those well then we think that we can be successful so that we're really looking at the city itself yeah. the nightlife you know what is their 2 a.m policy you know yeah. how hard is it to get a liquor license so all the factors it's not just oh i love this town i want to be here let's put a side with a rock here it's would it really rock here? Cause you have to hit these 10 checkpoints to make sure that it would actually do that. It's interesting for us as we think about, you know, we're, we're doing a lot in Greenville and building the brand of Tabby mm-hmm. here. Tabby, I, I think the easiest city for us to, uh, to really conquer will be Greenville. I think that's just kind of a lesson as you scale, you know, it's, it's easy to do one thing really well. Mm-hmm. It's harder to do two things really well or two places right. really well. And then, so it's, it, those are, I mean, the, the companies that do it to scale, have just done it really well to scale. Well, I also think that Greenville is an excellent test market. Greenville yeah. and Greer and the small enough. Areas, it yeah, is it's got a lot going on. Small enough, but it's got a lot going on. It's got influential people. It's got, you know, it's got a great heartbeat. Greenville yeah. has a great skeleton and it has a great heartbeat. Yeah. And it's only growing. It's young. It's growing. It has all the things you want. I mean, it's not a Charleston in the sense that it's got all the history, mm-hmm. but that's what we're coming into doing, man. Is we're trying to build. We're building our own history here for a food and beverage city. It has a great textile history. It has a history of people going in and making a name for themselves. Yep. And what we're doing is, is our it's part of that. It's, yeah. The next generation. Mike, tell us about Greer. You were telling me before we started shooting that Greer, Greer is the next, uh, oh, yeah. what'd you say? Yeah. Greer's next up. It's next up. All right. Yeah. Um, so what, what makes it that way? I mean, cause obviously Greenville is big brother and, you know, it can almost be like a Jay-Z, Kanye type di- type deal. So, I mean, Greenville's been here. Greenville's been growing. Like, Greenville has definitely made his name. And when you hear Greer, people are just like, yeah, Greer. Greer's good. Greer's good or whatever. And, you know, like, some things that Greer has going for it is like, like I was on the phone with Chris before I got here. I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm almost at the spot, but I got to find somewhere to park. And it's like, not only I got to find somewhere to park, I got to pay for that, too. Uh, so, you know, Greer is a little bit behind that. And, you know, Greer has more of the, you know, like the hometown feel. Like, it's a really small town that's growing. Uh, I think some people are afraid that Greer is growing. But that's why they have us here to, you know, like, 
be that buffer and like help help take Greer to like the next level. Uh, one thing that we preach in our company is, um, you know, community over competition. Uh, a lot of people looked at us coming in as just like all oh, these new people coming in and they're going to want to change everything, do all kind of stuff different. But that's not us at all. Like we want to build like a community and like have like chefs work together. Like it's so easy for, you know, Chris to be sitting here and me be sitting here and it's just like, yeah, he got a restaurant, but I don't really, you know, mess with him like that or whatever. We're, <laughs> we're competing against each other. Like, I mean, it's we have a completely different mindset. Like I, I want to surround myself with other chefs. Like I want to be able to help other chefs out. And, you know, like if, if I need a bag of fries or something like like, yo, uh, you know, can you can you spot me a bag of fries till my next truck comes in or something like that versus us being like, oh, yeah, that's that other new restaurant coming in. Like, I'm not even going to welcome them. Like, I, I don't want to. You know. So is it like that everywhere else? I feel like I think Greenville. So I can step in on that. Yeah, yeah. Like that. There is a very old school way of thinking yeah. from some of the older names where, you know, this is what we do and this is what we do. Mm-hmm. And we're not going to share. We're not going to. Share. Listen, man, Jeremy says it all the time. You know, the rising tide raises all ships. And that's true. And a good example of this is, I mean, me and Mike were at um, camp last night. Didn't know we were going to be there together, but I showed up. He showed up right before I did. We were at uh, Drew Erickson. He's the head chef and um, culinary mastermind of camp. Camp is fire, by the way. Oh, it's delicious, man. He's amazing. And no shit, it's the three of us there yeah. and every time we go in there and especially last night we were there for craig coons mm-hmm. so craig coons is dealing with a terrible autoimmune disease yeah. right now yeah. and the whole community just watching the entire community rally for this dude has been honestly it gives you goosebumps man it's been it's been our generation is here for each other if mike were to ever need anything yeah. i got him if camper needed something i got him because i know that i could call them and they'd be like i got you mm-hmm. you guys yeah. did a fundraiser at the tiki tuesday yeah. right yeah, we so we did a, so we donated a portion of our proceeds from Tiki Tuesday to benefit Craig. Okay, it was and Craig. Last okay. night it was the same thing for Camp. We that's were dope. there last that's night dope. to help Camp yeah. raise money for, and that's all chefs working together. Yeah, no, it's it, you succeed as a team, man. Well, and it just, nobody's on their own rock. Just the same story, kind of with with Exile. Yeah, with Stephen Phillips. It's like exact same thing. His his negative thing happens. The whole community around the him just community. like helps. That's him. love too. Yeah. That was crazy. He told the story and. Uh, you know, people are still reaching out to him, and to this day, you know, saying, "Hey, we'll put we'll put your bartenders on. Mm-hmm. We'll they want to pick up a shift. Come on!" Like I mean, and he said he was blown away. He had no idea. He always heard about the community in Greenville, but then he really, when he needed help, everybody stepped up. The metaphorical pie is it's very large in, in Greenville and Greer, and there yeah. is a, there is enough food to go around. There's no way that we could take all the business. It's not possible. So if we can't take all the business, then why not try to funnel? The business to to the people that yeah. we like, the companies that we like, because it's gonna it's it all goes back around. Mike's gonna say, "Hey, you gotta go, when you're in Greenville, go to this place." And I'm yeah. gonna say, "Hey, when you're in Greer, you gotta go to this place." It's not a zero sum game, nah, man. And I think that's what I think has evolved the most. Maybe it's post COVID, I don't know, but I just think in restaurants in general, in Greenville, in my time, it just everybody's showing love to everybody oh yeah the average person goes out three to four times a week you're not going to your place every time so you might as well make friends and not enemies yeah yeah jeremy said last time he's like i don't care if you start here end here you don't have to spend the whole night here right it's all about you know we want this to be part of the journey of the night um if you think we're a place you want to be for 10 minutes for two hours for the whole night it's cool so why wouldn't you want to be friends with the guy who can say but you should after you leave here you should go here so Something that Stephen talked about too, and and you guys are doing it is 
bringing in other bartenders from other bars to be part of Tiki Tuesday or just come in and and you guys are promoting them on your socials, oh, yeah. right? So you guys had Nicole from Neat, right? Shout out to Nicole. Hell yeah. Shout out to uh, Nicole. One of our best. But it's just one of those where, you know, being in Greenville, being out and about, you see these people at their bar, but then they're working at your bar. And I think it just kind of continues what they've already, you know, they're, they've got following too, right? They've got people that come and see them and that's their, you know, that's their spot. But So how did that come up when you guys were, you know, thinking that way how did you guys decide to bring in other bartenders or is that just always been a thing honestly tiki tuesday has been a thing since we that was one of our things we really wanted to implement in the mental design of how society would go is we have uh we have really great bartenders and the two that really head up tiki tuesday oscar and ben uh they they run it too they run it oh they run it they run it but they also let that bartender really showcase themselves that's what that's the beauty of it is yeah they run it they're the backbone of tiki tuesday but when that bartender comes in man it's about that bartender it's not they're just here so they can bring their crowd but we're still going to hit that money we're still going to make you know it's it's a fun friendly competition man and that's what what we're going to do with iron caterer it's a fun friendly competition because it's gonna he's gonna make me better i'm gonna make him better and it's the same with the bartenders they bring in their own crew but that crew gets to see society and it just shows how much of a mesh you can really make in yep. the community that we're in. How do you decide what you're going to cook for this this competition? Is there like a guideline that's like you're doing? So you know what you're, you get the, you get secret ingredients. So how it works is uh, you basically cook for between 250 and 350 people. And you don't get your ingredients until a week before. So you have a week to not only come up with the menu, buy the product, make the product, and you're there on stage. So as chefs, what we'll be doing is we'll be on stage cooking for the judges. There's four judges. We'll cook for the judges. And the actual iron caterer is going to be decided by the audience who is eating the food prepared by your staff, which is in the back. So it's a full staff cooking and plating behind the scenes for 250, 350 people. And we're on stage cooking for four people individually. Secret ingredients. How, I mean, is it a list of 10 things? It's three rounds and each round comes with a secret ingredient. So you can make anything within the parent. It's just got to include the secret ingredient. True. But you really can't plan your menu until you know that ingredient. Right. So that's the, that's the kicker. You can have any idea you want to have, but (laughs) give me some examples of previous years, uh, previous years, uh, beets was okay that's yeah. beets was one last year we did a uh, i'm out i'm out right yeah yeah well you say that but we did a really good red beet gnocchi with sure. a, with a sure golden beet butter i don't sauce. know what to do with them. i would f- i would be in last <laughs> yeah. place it's not quite like chops where they're like here's your ingredient you have 30 minutes to yeah. make something out of this it's got a week but i mean 300 once again goes into that's why i know mike will be good at it it goes yeah. into planning you got 300 people to feed you got to know how to feed 300 people when you're not the one making their food mm. so your crew is making their food the crew so, is going to be the one that really decides if you're good enough to be Iron Caterer because that's who's – you're on stage. So you're, you make the menu and just basically tell them this is it. Like, yeah. Play you'll, make it, you'll make it together in the kitchen, but then you leave because we got to be there two hours before our crew gets there. So you just pray to God that you have a good crew. <laughs> yeah. So, Mike, how long has your crew been with you? Oh, man. Good question. So basically the nucleus of our crew right now, we – we, we have meetings like every Monday and um, we like to consider ourselves like the culinary amigos, if that makes any sense. So it's three of us. You know, you have me, uh, you have Chef you Troy. Quavo? Who's Quavo? I don't know. 
I actually don't know. Somebody got to be. You got to decide on that. Oh, <laughs> but um, so we we have Chef Savalas, who is like the the Godfather of the crew. He's he's a lot older. He is the one who offset. Yeah. Yeah, he he's the one who put a lot of pressure on me to get to the, like the level I'm at right now. Um, I actually reached out to him a long time ago when I was working down in Greenwood. We were um, supposed to be like uh, competitors. Uh, he was the head chef of Stony Point, and I was the head chef of Grand Harbor Golf and Yacht Club. And everybody used to just always put us against each other, like all the time. And like I never even met him, so I, I met him at a food show or whatever, and he was just like you know like amazed that you know a young guy a young chef walked up to him and was like hey i just want to pick your brain like i want to be better and all this stuff instead of being like arrogant and having an ego and saying that yeah my 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 um country club's better than your country club type stuff or whatever so um you know from that point we've been rocking and he told me because he's he's a little bit older he told me he's like man if i was your age i'll have life by the balls right now yeah and you know me i'm 20 I'm something i'm an executive chef at 20 something so i'm just like I think this is pretty good what I'm doing. Like I'm an executive <laughs> chef at 20 something. I think I'm pretty good at what I'm doing. He's like, no, you can be doing more. You can be doing more. So uh, he put a lot of pressure on me to get my LLC and do all those things like that. And then you got chef Troy. Um, he's like worked so many jobs, like hella experience everywhere. And uh, we, we deem him like the master pastayo. So he makes like all the fresh pasta and stuff like that. He's like the little, the little wild card. Like he knows how to do every single thing or whatever. Um, and then, like, me, I'm just, I'm, like, humble Henry, and I get in trouble for being too humble sometimes. So, like, my wife now, she was like, nah, you need to talk your shit. Like, let people know, like, how <laughs> yes. good you are. Hot yeah. yourself up, bro. Yeah, because, like, I felt like, I felt like I've been, like, on one of the best kept secrets because I chose to go the route of working in country clubs, and I didn't want to work in restaurants. I never wanted to be the front man. Like, I always just been like, you know, like, give my dishwasher the credit. Give my line cook or, you know, like, my prep girl who's back there peeling carrots the credit or whatever like nah man get up there talk your shit let them know like you put this menu together you yep. did this or whatever so when we have meetings we we love to treat ourselves like the amigos because like uh, one thing i preach is that like hey we're all good by ourselves but together like bro we're literally unstoppable together oh, yeah. and like for us to get to this point where we're at right now and this company and like you know from catering to opening this restaurant and our future endeavors like we all all of us together like we're we're super solid and uh when we got like our big break or whatever per se before we opened a restaurant um we we had something we called it the million dollar dinner and uh this is literally a dinner we did in my house like i had just we just brought this house no furniture we call up ppr we're renting tables chairs linen all this stuff yeah um whenever we were approached about the restaurant the owner was like um how do you feel about, you know, me bringing a lot of investors to your house and uh, doing a dinner for them? And I was just like, oh, shit. <laughs> okay, let's they do it. They might standing up. Like, yeah. I mean, because you had to get furniture, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, uh, but yeah, we, we hit up PPR. We, we ordered furniture, uh, um, you know, like chairs, linen, all that good stuff. And like, this is literally like by far one of the best menus I've ever put together because it was just like I left my other job and it was like I'm finally working outside of my box now because like I've been so confined to a box for like the past five years of doing everything I'm told to do and now when I get the opportunity to open my own restaurant and uh, do things my way I'm like man, I'm gonna do whatever I want to do yeah so man like we pulled out everything like we was doing like bone marrow meat pies flam flambaying it at the table I did like this so uh, you were going off oh yeah I, I mean I went 
all the way off. I did this thing like I ordered these these uh, mason jars, and uh, I think I put like uh, a scallop in it with like some some um, sea beans and like all kind of stuff in there, and we pump smoke in there. So when we send it out to the table, like when you open it up, you get smoke coming all out in your face and all this stuff. Like people were wow, these are millionaires sitting in my you know brand new house or whatever my common person house that i just brought <laughs> and uh they're just like going off like yo this is good like big time millionaire sitting in our house and That's like dope. at that moment i was like yo we we, we can do this yeah yeah we're about yeah. to do this hell yeah yeah so what's the give me the top three that are coming on the menu Ooh. Top three. Are you allowed to you say can't, that? You can't tell a chef at nah, pick three. No, nah, we're here. We're here. We can do that. Um, <laughs> or, I mean, yeah, what are, what are like the most? If I am if I went to the person, like pick your favorite kids. register. Give All me, right. So, <laughs> off top, beignets are a no-brainer. Okay. Um, a little story about the beignets. Um, when we started the whole dine on trade, which is where we made our name in Greer, um, like Greer was blown away when we stepped to the scene. Um, I think Greer really appreciated that you had new blood, young talent coming to town and we're hungry. Like I, you can see my ribs, like not physically cause you know, <laughs> but like you can, we get it. you yeah. can see our, you can see my ribs. Like I'm hungry and like, I'm coming all the way with it when, whenever we step to the scene in Greer. Yeah. And, uh, when we had the opportunity to cook on the street, um, we decided to do like beignets cause like we're, we're a new Orleans based company. I trained in new Orleans for like an entire month. Um, me, me being a chef, I'm thinking like, I know how to do all kind of stuff or whatever. And my wife's from New Orleans. She's like, nah, bro. Nah, bro. Like I made her a jambalaya. She's like, nah, bro. That ain't it. That ain't it. That ain't it. I was like, what? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I studied down there That's for tough when your wife month. was like, nah, oh, man. nah, that ain't it. Oh man. Like she Try had my feelings and everything. So, um, at least she didn't hype you. No, no, for no, no reason. No, like it, 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 it's so nerve wracking, like cooking for a family, like New Orleans food is so nerve wracking. But <laughs> you can get through that, you can get through a judge, <laughs> no problem, right? right? Hey, hey, so, nothing. man, I, I went down there. I got I, I, I worked down there like Michelin star chefs. I worked with grandmas like in their house. And New Orleans is built different. New yeah, Orleans is yeah. not like any other place. Yeah. Like I was in people's house. Uh, I was in certain restaurants. They and let I, you in. They, they yeah. put you in. Right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I, like I wasn't looking around like where the heck at? Because like I'm here to tell you. <laughs> but like I think that's why it makes the food so much better down there. So like, man, I yeah. bottled all that up and I brought it back here. And um, it took me at least two to three weeks to perfect my beignet recipe. Like, I'm on Google. I'm taking the recipes I learned from these different chefs. I've been down there. But, like, it took me literally, like, a few weeks to, you know, master this recipe. And I feel like this is going to be the thing. Like, we're going to do beignets all day long. Like, we're, we're supposed to have, like, a, a cutoff time. You know, like how the sushi restaurants nah. do, the steakhouse and all that stuff. Nah, bro. We serving beignets all day. Like, people come out for our beignets. Uh, any event we've done, beignets have stole the show. So, on top of beignets, I would have to say, like, a hard second would be um, our voodoo fries. And voodoo fries is, uh, you know, basically something I came up with like at two o'clock in the morning and we, we're getting ready for a dine on trade event. Like dine on trade is a big deal for Greer. Like it really is. It's a big deal for Greer. And it was like, man, everybody likes fries and gravy. Everybody likes poutine. Mm -hmm. So let's take crawfish etouffee. Oof. Oh, yeah. Crawfish etouffee. Oof. And uh, some fries. And funny story about the fries, um, the fries that I use for um, the voodoo fries uh, at my previous job, I got bitched out 
for for using these fries during during 2020. Like this is like a, a flat crispy steak fry or whatever. I literally got bitched out for using them. And um, it really pissed me off. But I was like, you know what? Like, I'm going to use those fries. I'm going to use those fries. And I'm going to show you, like, no, these Just fries are good. Them. Yeah. Just a spider. Yeah. Them. And, like, man, we, we dropped those voodoo fries on Dino Trade. Like, people lost their minds. You got the crawfish etouffee, the the crispy flat steak fries, cotilla yep. cheese, yep. crema, mm. crackling crumbs, which is the secret because they come straight from New Orleans. Like, mm. you can't even get them around here. And we put little little uh, green onions on top. Like, yeah, you're going to have to killer. make a plate. At this Come point. see me tomorrow. <laughs> dine on trade. We'll we'll be serving them. What time is dine on trade tomorrow? Six o'clock. Six o'clock. Sharp. I'll be there. Crawfish ball. I'll be there. fries, beignets. Is that every Friday or one Friday a month? Uh, just one Friday a month as of right now. We're trying we're trying to um you know get on the board with dine on trade and like we want to be like like big part of it or whatever. Um but you know, other than that, like then you got our pasta. And like our pasta, like I said, our fresh handmade pasta. And any type of sauce we put together with it, I, I think pastalaya is probably going to be our best selling one. And if you think about it, you just think about like jambalaya, but pastalaya. Yeah. We, we make our own pasta. So all the components of uh, jambalaya made with fresh pasta. I might be saying this wrong, but are you guys going to have boudin? Boudin. Boudin. Yeah, boudin balls. Okay. Absolutely. And so that's yeah. that's fire. I feel like that's the only – New Orleans is like the only place you can get that. Dude, when I, when I tell you – there's gas stations in New Orleans who has <laughs> yeah. better food than 87.32% of the restaurants I've ate at. Yeah. Gas stations. When I first went down there the first time, we we stopped at this gas station and I got boudin and uh, like some crawfish and stuff like that. I was like, man, this shit's good. Like, this is really Just good. Just flavor. You get different flavor profiles oh, in, in New Orleans than you get anywhere else. Absolutely. So I think that there's... Like barbecue mm-hmm. is something that's extremely competitive. Oh yeah, and it's regional. Some people prefer Texas barbecue, North Carolina. Barbecue. It's a religion, man. If there's anything that's like more sacred than barbecue, I feel like it's Cajun food. Absolutely, and it's fair. Like you're it's either fierce. you have no credibility if you're not like from or around New Orleans. <laughs> like you can't you can't pop up and be like, I'm from New York. I make the best Cajun food ever. Absolutely be like, not. bro, what? <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> My wife be like, get out of here with that New York Times recipe for gumbo. Like, we ain't using that. Like, that's literally, like, before I met my wife, that's all I knew about Cajun was Google. Like, getting on Google and following this Food Network recipe. Like, even now, the Food Food Network recipes, that ain't it, bro. That ain't it. For sure. There's a lot of YouTube stars, I think, that have either started on IG, but then they start, they they get their own cookbook, and they kind of take off that way, too. So, I follow a lot of people just because the food is fire. Like, they have... You know, they'll have these recipes that, you know, as a common person, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think my culinary experience goes a little bit beyond the PB&J and maybe some like, you know, not much. Right. But I think when you think about these YouTube stars and people who've taken their craft and made it social and then built a following um, around that, is that something you're thinking of? If really kind of taken off that way? Um, for sure. We, we're, we're partnered with uh ghost marketing right now. And like, they're really heavy on marketing chef Michael. And, you know, for me, I, I have to get out of my little nutshell of not wanting to be, you know, like the face and this person who's out there and stuff like that. Like the, the marketing team and, and my wife does all the marketing right now, but like far as like opening a restaurant, like we, we teamed up with, with ghost. Um, they're really heavy on marketing Chef Mike. So like they they want me to get TikTok. I don't even have TikTok yet. So I'm I'm in trouble right now because I don't even have TikTok. 
it's it's tough. It's tough to put yourself out there, it especially is. when you've been. It is. I mean, Ryan, um, I've talked about that a lot. Like, I used to private people. But. I used to have a big fear, like even with Facebook. Like I, I always had a big fear of like, man, I don't want to be like staring at my phone and wondering why I only got like two likes on something like that or whatever. Yeah. Like I didn't want to like depend on people's thoughts of me or whatever to you know like solidify my night like no like i, I know i'm good i know what i do or whatever is yeah. pretty good but like if i if i pour my heart into this post and i only get like six likes that might hurt my feelings a little bit you know, so social media is brutal right <laughs> yes and i think what you said is something everybody that's either trying to launch a company or start a business or build anything you got to deal with the haters you're going to mm -hmm. deal with people that just are going to troll just to troll mm -hmm. and i think what you said is important of putting yourself out there even if you don't feel like you, you know, you can't look for just the likes. You post it because you care about it. Right. And if you care about it, then eventually other people will care about it. Right. Well, sure. And you're not your your friends and family aren't paying your bills. <clears throat> so in the day and age we live in, in the industry that we work in, man, you have you. The chef is no longer the guy in the back of the kitchen. Yeah. You know, he's representing the food that you you put out there. And uh, Mike does a really great job of that. So, no, you're building. You're, you're, he's building it, and uh, social media is a big part of that. I know that. I mean, you look at what it's done for society. That's that has built our business tenfold. Is being good at social media. That's yep. crucial. Yep. And if we're as if we are ninety percent as good in the restaurant as we are on social media, then we're going to crush. Well, what you guys do is, I think you guys do a lot of reels, and you repost what. Your customers are oh, posting yeah. in, in society, right? So then it's kind of like the tag on tag because they're tagging you, but they're tag it's also helping their friends figure out where like where where are you? You're at society and they just figure out like for sure. And what it. we do is we play into we play into that. We play yeah. into everybody always it, being on social media. Yep. You wanna be part of what we're doing at society, what better way to be part of what we're doing yep. than for us to, you to go ahead and make a video, make a post, and we repost that. That's yep. why they're making the video and posting. Well, they post, posting. yeah, you post their stories. We're going to, we're going to repost you it. You repost it. Yeah, no, that's. You guys, you guys did a TED talk about this recently, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, we, yeah, it's, yeah, TED talk, yep. <laughs> I was there. Yeah, he was there. It was you very were, moving. Are you guys yeah. doing that? Did you, cry? Guys, did you cry? A little bit. Are you guys going to start doing that pretty consistently? I don't know, man. That was a lot of fun what we did. They um, did. A, they did a great job too. I think they both that. kind of played off of you know their strengths and you know Jeremy with a creative talent and then what you do in the kitchen. Yeah. You guys have built something, but they talked about it uh, really well. I think y'all did a nice job of really that. telling the story of society, but then also telling the branding and the marketing piece of how you all built you know, kind of the following you've built. So. Yeah, well, I think, I mean, if there's one takeaway from the talk that we did give, it was, you know, your brand has to, your food can be great and yeah. your service can be great and that goes as far as that goes. Yeah. Your brand can go a thousand times farther than that. Yeah. So build that brand just as hard as you are building that dish, just as hard as you're building that menu, as hard as you're building that cocktail list. Yeah. Build your brand. You guys could, you guys could do like an underground, like secret society meeting once a month. <laughs> yeah but blast it all over social so that like everybody's a consulting firm we should do that. <laughs> well no i mean in the sense of like have guest speakers of, yeah. hey what are they working on or have you know you come talk about what you're working on and just have this kind of community of absolutely things happening it's a great community i with think great secret people, society man. if you guys use secret society i'll, I'll take credit Royalties, for that okay <laughs> yeah Perfect. not royalty just credit so well guys i think we're, we're out of time but it was great to have you both here and oh, yeah thanks man I appreciate i'm that. i'm gonna be there tomorrow yeah. and i will be there opening day All i right. promise you that because i love cajun food got you can't it's kind of like it's 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 like indian food for me i can't cook it myself you have to just go get it yeah so 
I'm excited. I'm excited for both you guys. Hell yeah. So. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Thanks for coming on. Absolutely, guys. Thank you so much. We Stay love being here.